the Cup of Cubby Blue. Your The Cubs are on a West Coast road trip home for Cubs news, updates, and banter. We're the official podcast of Bleed Cubby Blue, and you can find us wherever you get your podcast by searching for Bleed Cubby Blue. My name is Sarah Sanchez. I write about the Cubs for Bleed Cubby Blue and about various and sundry things for Fangraphs. Hi, guys. I'm Andy Cruz Vanasek, and while it is a Monday, I am like so super stoked at the Cubs that we get to watch play baseball these days. Like, typically, I'm not happy about a Monday, but today I'm not bad. It's fine. It's good. Yeah, we have been treated to some outstanding Cubs baseball, even with the little blip at the start of the Giants series, which I'm sure we will get to in a second. I mean, if you told me that the Padres were going to come into Wrigley Field and that the Cubs were going to sweep them, I would have thought there was no way. And they did. And uh, Andy, what can we, what did we learn in that Padres series? Um, that a couple of the Padres who we all worship and love because they're good baseball players and they're the nice, good face of Major League Baseball are human. They are actually human. And it is it was very nice to see in Chicago because um, obviously this is a team that has been dealing with a lot of injuries and um, you know, the bullpen has been amazing while the front half of the, of the, the pitching staff has been a little bit scary. So it was, it was good to, to see that come together and them play some very good solid baseball against a team that is for sure to be a contender through, you know, very deep into the season. And, and, you know, now we get the luxury of playing them again at home. <laughs> at <Well>, their home. <laughs> they've been really good at home, though. So I don't know that that's a luxury, although we are I'm definitely just being gonna... <laughs> I was being sarcastic. <laughs> yeah, we are definitely going to talk about the Cubs series with the Padres on the flip side when we get to that series preview. I mean, I think the thing that really jumped out at me was how the Cubs just were in control of all of these games at various points in time. Like it didn't feel like it required some sort of miraculous ninth inning comeback. Like they just kind of took control of the game. And then the bullpen was lights out, which has been the prescription for success lately, right? If this Cubs team has a lead in the sixth or seventh inning, you just feel like it's done, right? Any lead, like a one run lead, a two run lead. It really doesn't matter. The ball is going to go to Ryan Tapera and then Andrew Chafin and then Craig Kimbrell and we're done. I, Craig Kimbrell actually has looked the nastiest that I have seen him in a Cubs uniform. And it's incredible to go out there and see him in the ninth inning and just know that the game is over. <laughs> like Those pitches are not particularly hittable. If they get hit, some defender is going to make a great play and that's it. Yeah, it definitely is nice to feel that um, confidence in the back, the very back end of our bullpen, because honestly, it's been, I feel like it's been a while since we've had that, since it feels like, you know, automatic. And, uh, you know, just with this Craig Kimbrell, I feel like we're there. I feel like, and if not him, I feel like there's at least two other arms that we've come to rely pretty heavily on that are shut down knockdown dominant bullpen material. And it's just, it's been really awesome to see. And, and I mean, the Chicago Cubs have a bullpen y'all. Like I never thought I would say that, but they got a bullpen and you know, forgive me, I'll knock on the wood. That's fine. But I mean, their bullpen has been amazing and it is definitely getting attention league wide. Yeah. And, and much deserved attention. I mean, I, I will admit that in the past few seasons when the Cubs have played the Brewers and they've done that thing where they're like, oh, we have a one run lead. And so now we're just going to go to like 
Suter and Firing Eisen and Hater, and you can't score any runs. That was always frustrating to watch. It's like, who, where did you get these people and how did you do that? But now it seems like the Cubs have that bullpen. And frankly, it's incredible. You know, you were saying, I don't remember the last time that the Cubs had a bullpen. Like, I will go out on a limb and say, not never, never in my <laughs> lifetime have the Cubs had a bullpen where I felt this confident for at least a month and or more. Like, we're going on six weeks now where I feel 100% confident in the back end of the bullpen. And are there still some blips? Yeah, like Rex Brothers on occasion does some things and that that's kind of blippy. Like, you know, our friend Dylan Maples, he is sometimes very good and he is sometimes less than good. I There are some blips, but those are, that used to be like the guys who were throwing the sixth and seventh inning and giving up those runs or walking the land or whatever. And and they're not doing that now. The That back end of the bullpen to pair a Chapin, Kimbrell, I might even throw Winkler into that group as being, really just very solid and lockdown for the Chicago Cubs. Oh yeah. I mean, and it's been fun to see some of these guys who we really didn't think we would see this kind of stuff from, or, or we hoped we would see this kind of stuff from. It's been fun to see them really come out and contribute and uh, you know, give this bullpen some, some much needed um, you know, intense pitching, some good, dominant can handle their stuff pitching you know I think it was at one point in the last week um I want to say it was oh gosh Dylan Maples even um you know and I get a little Dylan Maples is still one that I'm a little iffy on and he's definitely showed us that he can handle himself but then he also has some some days where it's like which Dylan Maples are we going to get type situation. But, you know, there was a situation and I can remember, I can't remember who they were playing, but there was a situation where the bases were loaded um, and it was against, um, I want to say the Padres. Uh, It wasn't a close game, but you, he came in and you're like, Oh gosh, I mean, how close are we going to let this game get? Where are we going to end up with him coming in? And, I literally, I think he threw two pitches and on the second pitch, he got his ground out that he was looking for. So stuff like that, you're like, you're so jaded as a Cubs fan and and having the bullpens that we've had over, you know, the years that we've been watching the Chicago Cubs that you're like, you just expect the natural bad thing to happen. So to get like two pitches and have, you know, a reliever come in and actually, um, or a bullpen arm actually come in and you know, do what he's supposed to do is just a very nice feeling. Like it's something I could get used to, but at the same time, I'm very cautiously optimistic. Like, is this truly the Cubs bullpen or are we kind of fluking it up the past couple of weeks? Yeah, we're going to find out. I think that the next few games will tell us a lot about this Cubs bullpen. I know I also worry a little bit about just the sheer number of innings the bullpen is throwing, you wonder if this is sustain if it's at a sustainable pace, right? Like if you're using that top back end of your bullpen three out of four games because you're playing so many one-run games and so many tight games, that doesn't seem like a particularly sustainable strategy. It is, though, at the moment, keeping the Chicago Cubs in a tie for first at the top of the NL Central. I, I want to talk about the NL Central a little bit before we talk about the Giants series because it sort of looks like the St. Louis Cardinals have hit the wall. <laughs> I um, So I, I'm not saying this to jinx anything. I'm not saying this to tempt fate or anything like that. But if you were watching the Cardinals over the last 10 days or so, they've gotten a whole slew of not great news, right? So they lost 
staff ace Jack Flaherty. He has a significant oblique injury. They have him on the 10-day IL, but significant oblique injuries. I mean, look, people, that is what Rowan Wick has. And we haven't seen Rowan Wick since like last September. So I, anytime somebody has an oblique injury, I'm nervous. Anytime it's a significant oblique injury, I'm really nervous. And we want Flaherty to get better as quickly as possible. But that that rotation, as we discussed, even at the start of the season, doesn't have a ton of depth if they lose a guy. And so they, they lost Jack Flaherty. And then uh, Kwangwen Kim came out of a game with back pain, and he has also been placed on the IL. I mean, Andy, you're there in St. Louis. I feel like in the last 10 days, the Cardinals have gone from we're in first place. We can sustain this. We will definitely be able to hang with the Cubs to we might be chasing down third or fourth against the Reds. Yeah. I mean, what a blow to be swept in a four game series by the Cincinnati Reds um, at home. You know, that is, I think that is just really, really hard for Cardinals fans to watch. I know um, there's a couple of Cardinals fans, diehard Cardinals fans that obviously know um, I'm a Cubs fan. And it's funny because whenever I run into them um, previous to this weekend, it was always baseball was the first thing that we talked about, you know, because it's always let's poke fun at the Cubs fan, blah, 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 whatever. That's fine. That That's fine and great. And, you know, I don't say too much because I know no matter how much crap I talk, it's not going to help or, or change how the Cubs play. So I just sit back and let them say what they got to say. Well, they were abnormally quiet this weekend. And I even kind of asked, like, what, you're, you don't have anything to say this weekend? And I knew that they were getting swept by the Reds. I knew that they were losing, you know, games and lopsided scoring games to the Reds, to the Cincinnati Reds. So, and that's never a good look for a team that wants to win the division. I mean, their pitching, I think, is their largest concern. Um, and that's that's a pretty major concern right now. Uh, obviously, they have an aging Adam Wainwright. They have a Carlos Martinez that is starting right now that is not – um, he's not been good at all, uh, giving up a ton of runs, gave up, uh, what, 11 runs to the Dodgers in one inning. Um, was he responsible for all of those runs? I don't remember how they like, shook out, but I just looked up and I looked up and Carlos Martinez was already out of the game and it was still the first inning and the Dodgers kept scoring. And I was just like, yikes. I think he was only in that game for two thirds of an inning, I believe. Um, but uh, he did give up the Grand Slam to um, uh, Corey Seager. He did give up that Grand Slam. So I think immediately after that happened, he was he was out. But regardless, I mean, that's one run in the first inning is way too many, if you ask me. But like 11, that's just, yeah, that's bad. So they obviously have some concerns. And they're the Cardinals. I mean, I would be you know, completely naive to not realize that they're the Cardinals. And at some point this season, they're probably going to make another run. They're probably going to make a push for that first place spot. The problem with them is, do they have the pitching to get there? Do they have the ability with what they are able to put in their starting rotation to beat the other teams in the central? And, you know, honestly, God, I hate even saying stuff like this because we all know that, you know, the devil magic, devil bird magic, they're going to bring some like no name single a guy up. Who's just going to blow us all away or something ridiculous, you know? Um, and hopefully that doesn't happen, but I'm just saying, you just never know with the Cardinals. You never know. So, but yeah, that's, that's definitely, that's, that was a tough weekend for them. And it kind of helped catapult us into first and, you know, the baseball that we've been playing 
it just it's it's insane to me. It's insane how much this this division is going to shuffle and is going to continue to shuffle through the end of the season. Yeah, totally. I couldn't agree with you more in terms of that. Um, one last note uh, in terms of the central division, just because I want to make sure that we're staying on um, on top of what's going on there. The Brewers kind of ran down the Cubs a little bit over that giant series. I, I know I kind of went into that giant series thinking, oh, well, you want to take a, like at least two out of four and try to keep it on top of the division. The Cubs were able to stay on top of the division. They only won one out of three, but um the team that ran them down was not the Cardinals. It was the Brewers. And if you look at pitching, the Brewers have a lot of it. The Brewers are interesting to me because they are actually a team that struggles a lot offensively. Whereas I think the Cubs are a a more well-rounded team in that manner, but don't sleep on the Brewers. Yeah. Between Woodruff and Burns and Peralta, they have some really, really strong arms over there. Josh Hader and Devin Williams still lurk at the back end of that bullpen. And they don't need that many runs if they've got that type of pitching. Oh, a hundred percent. And yeah, I mean, like I said, it's going to continue to be a three, if not four team shuffle in this division. And Milwaukee is, I mean, they have the pieces right now. They have, everything seems to be clicking. I mean, they're nine and one in their last 10 games, you know, which we saw a Cubs team that was pretty close to that, if not that before the giant series. So, I mean, these teams all are basically are going to take turns beating up on each other and the pirates can be a spoiler. You know, I mean, that's basically the way that this, this division is going to pan out. Um, I definitely love watching, you know, and this is, this is evil, but I love watching Milwaukee and St. Louis beat up on each other. Cause I always feel like that's a very good series. And, you know, if the Cubs can continue to play that they, the way that they've been playing, I mean, they, they obviously have very good chances of, of being buyers, you know, right around uh, July when, you know, uh, the deadlines start hitting. Yeah, I think the Cubs are absolutely putting themselves in a position to be buyers at the moment. I know that there are some people who are still skeptical who think that they're going to be mandated to sell. I mean, I suppose it's possible they could go on a tremendous, like, run of bad luck right now and uh, everything could fall apart. I mean, if you look at the Diamondbacks in May went five and 23. And I I don't think that's in the Cubs future, but you never know like bad runs of baseball luck do happen and they change considerably what you thought you were going to do just a few games prior. Um, But this Cubs team at this moment in time looks to be buyers. And I would say that the thing they need most is another arm, another starting rotation arm so that they can get a little bit deeper in a playoff series. You know, I, I like Zach Davies a lot. I'm getting real tired of the Zach Davies pitches four and two thirds innings and Rex brothers comes in and like, lets all of the people Zach Davies has let on base score uh, script. I feel like that script is overplayed. I have seen that movie multiple times now. <laughs> I am done with it. Uh, I, I'm almost to the point where I would just rather Ross try to let Zach Davies get out of it. Cause he's always sitting there at like 63, 66 pitches. And I'm, I'm like, who do I trust more right now? Zach Davies or Rex Brothers? Kind of Zach Davies. I don't know, Andy. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. I'm tired of that movie too. Like the second version is not even better than the first. Like, you know, <laughs> like just stop with it already. I mean, we know what happens. We know the ending. Like, let, you know, like you said, let's try Let's try something different. Um, I, I honestly think that this, and this rotation and, and, you know, maybe I'm off here, but I think we're, I think we might see, 
this year later in the season as far as like arm preservation and and trying to cut back on innings and stuff to make a good push into the playoffs if we're still in that spot I honestly could see us utilizing like the opener type thing and I I really like that I think that's a good idea with some of these guys because you know Kyle Hendricks I feel like has just struggled in the first inning he's um he's not looked himself and then by inning two like I think I read yesterday the um opposition batting average in the first inning for him or his ERA. That's what it was. His ERA in the first inning is like 4.87. And then by inning three, it's like 1.18, like something ridiculous like that. And that is quite a jump if you think about that. And so that's, that's kind of telling us that he's giving up a lot of runs in that first inning. So, you know, I could see, and especially with somebody like Kyle Hendricks, who he has pitched a lot of innings. He has pitched some very deep games and, you know, he's not, I don't see him being quite as efficient this year as he's been in previous years. You know, his pitch counts are getting up there a little bit quicker than they typically do. So I would not be surprised if we start seeing or hearing talk of, of using, using some sort of like opener um, method of pitching. And maybe I'm completely off base here, but I just think looking at his innings compared to where he was last year. Um, and that's not a fair comparison because obviously the season was a strange season, but um, I think that that might be something that they consider, you know, we have some dominant arms in the bullpen. We have some guys that throw heat and what better way to throw pitchers off, throw their, or throw batters off, throw their timing off, then put some guy, some kid in there that's throwing 98 miles an hour and then put in somebody like, the professor or Zach Davies, who is very, you know, very much an average speed pitcher who is, you know, throwing very meticulous pitches, very, you know, crazy moving, spinning, dropping off of the the zone pitches. So I don't know. I would keep my eyes out for that. I think that would be, and that I'm, I'm thinking much further out in the season, but I just think because some of the people that we've grown accustomed to relying on, like a Kyle Hendricks is not really, where he is typically at at this point in the season, I think you're going to see some different things from um, what Ross does with the starting lineup and the bullpen. You know, one of the things that I was thinking about as you were talking is that the, I am much more comfortable with a bullpen game this season than I would have been in years past. I don't know what is going on in the pitch lab. I feel like it's finally showing uh, us what they can accomplish there. And I'm totally here for it. I mean, you give me a game where you've got, Cole Stewart throws a couple of innings. Keegan Thompson gets three innings. Trevor McGill comes in for a couple of innings. I'm okay with that. I think that that I think that can play, and I think that that's a game that would keep um, a lot of really good teams on their toes. I don't think it's ideal. I think ideally you want to have five guys who can actually start, right? I think this team has sort of been missing that fourth and fifth guy who are reliable. Like you have Kyle Hendricks, who has been outstanding. You have Adbert Alzelay, who has been like, just lights out. I'm so excited for Adbert. Everything there is great. My only concern is I want him healthy. And so I'm worried about his innings. I, the, this thing he's doing where he's like more slider forward and that's how he's sort of attacking batters. And it's such a devastating pitch is perfect. Don't change it. He just looks so good right now. Jake Arrieta is not Jake of old. The, he's got he's got way too many fly balls in his repertoire right now. He's not getting the ground balls that he used to that made him super effective. But he's, he's nails. He's going to be gritty and give you some innings. And you need somebody who can come out and eat those innings. And it's okay if that guy is not perfect If as long as you have some other people who are anchoring your rotation. I think where things get a little iffy, I really think 
we got to get David Ross to have some faith in Zach Davies as, as much as that terrifies me. I know <laughs> he gets really hard three times through the order. I don't think he gets hit any harder than Rex Brothers does. So I, we just, I think, need to grin and bear it or pair up Zach Davies with like a long-term, a long-term middle reliever, right? Like bring back an Alec Mills or something and pair up Zach Davies there so that you get, although I don't know that Alec Mills is the right look. Like that's just two guys throwing 88. I don't right. Know, like, that's <laughs> all that anyway, you can't where I'm, you get the point, like pair him up with somebody so that he can, who is not Rex Brothers so that he can uh, be more effective. And then, you know, you kind of have to deal with that fifth spot while we wait for Trevor Williams to come back. And I'm not entirely, Man, Trevor Williams has looked like he might be okay at some points in time, and then at other points in time, definitely not. So we'll see. The Cubs definitely need to be looking at ways to um, improve their rotation, in my humble opinion. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think no matter who we're looking at at the starting five, there's always room for improvement. Um, I, I think, you know, with Kyle Hendricks kind of being the ace of this staff right now, yeah, we definitely we can use a different look pitcher uh, in this rotation, and I hope that is – that is something that is on the list, on the shopping list, um, come trade deadline, if that's what uh, what position the Cubs are actually in at that point. Absolutely. Uh, we need to take a quick break for our sponsors, but on the flip side, we're going to talk about the San Francisco Giants series, the emergence of Patrick Wisdom, who, what? Like, where did you come from, dude? All you do is hit bombs. It's great. Um, and look ahead to this Padre series in San Diego, but first, a quick break. And we're back. Uh, the Cubs went to San Francisco and played four games. They only won one out of the four. Honestly, West tri- West Trip Road Trips are kind of West Coast Road Trips. I try saying that one five times fast, kids. Um, they're kind of a disaster when you're coming from the East Coast in the regular season with no off days. So I'm not tremendously surprised by that. They looked like a team that was tired and playing at, you know, 10 o'clock at night, their local time. But the one guy who did not look tired is Patrick Wisdom, who, what is up with this kid's bat? All he does is hit home runs. He has played eight games for the Chicago Cubs. He has hit seven home runs. His WRC Plus is currently over 300. And I heard somewhere that his uh, home run per batted ball event is like in Dave Kingman territory, who is like the OG three true outcomes masher for the Chicago Cubs. Andy, what do we think of Patrick Wisdom? Oh my goodness. Um, so <laughs> I have a funny story about Patrick Wisdom. Uh, so my sister who lives in San Leandro, which is out San Francisco, San Diego, that area, or more San Francisco, sorry, San Francisco, the Bay, Oakland. I'm out, not San Diego. I'm like, um, San Diego is kind of far. Yeah. I, that's, I was like, wait, no, that's wrong. That's wrong. San Francisco, Oakland. She lives in the Bay area. So she went to two of the three games this weekend. And so, you know, she had her checklist of players that she wanted to talk to and get pictures with and everything else. And she asked me, well, who who would you like? And I said, you have to say something to Patrick Wisdom for me. And because she, her, literally her seat was looking down into the dugout, like she had the most ridiculous seats. And so she's like, okay, what do you want me to say? And I said, you have to tell him that your sister, who is a Cubs fan, lives in St. Louis. And she said, thank you for now being a cu- in Cubby Blue. And so... She apparently forgot to tell him uh, the couple times that she said hi to him. And then he was on the on the on deck circle, which is right smack dab in front of her. And she she told him 
know, my sister lives in St. Louis. She's a Cubs fan. She says, thank you for, for wearing the Cubby Blue. She's happy to finally see you in Cubby Blue. And she said he flat out chuckled, like turned around, looked at her and chuckled. And I'm like, yes, well, it's true. I am thankful to the, the St. Louis Cardinals for however they got rid of him because I'm sure, you know, they, they DFA'd him or sent him down the minors or whatever it was. And now he is just absolutely tearing it up as a Chicago Cub. And literally we've gotten eight games to look at this kid. And it's just, I mean, like, I don't even know what to say. Like, it's insane. It is insane. Insane. And what did they say yesterday? Um, that he hit two home runs off of who was even pitching yesterday. Why am I drawing a blank? Um, thank you. Yes. It was Johnny Cueto. He hit two home runs off of Johnny Cueto. And before that game, Johnny Cueto had only given up two home runs period this season. So like, Four home runs total for 2021 for Johnny Cueto. And two of them are in the same game against Patrick Wisdom. So, hello, like, insane. Yeah, I'm a pretty big fan of all things Patrick Wisdom at the moment. I fully anticipate that he is going to cool off. Like, pitchers are going to start pitching him a little bit different. He's probably doing um, – who was that kid for the Reds a couple of years ago? Aristides Aquino who came up and he was just oh, like, yeah. home run here, home run there, home run everywhere. And then you all get a home run. Right. It was like, oh, wait, I'm an, I'm a mortal human again. So I imagine that there's some kind of regression in Patrick Wisdom's future. But for right now, I, I will take it. He is – he has a super hot bat. He's very much helping the Cubs succeed at a time when, you know, a lot of guys are hitting okay, but he, the guys who are really standing out over the last 14 days are Wisdom and Alcantara, uh, who also got called up when Nico Horner um, got hurt. He's got a WRC plus of 251 and two triples, which I love triples and I don't see enough of them. Um, the other Cubs who are swinging hot bats at the moment, at least bats that are over 110 WRC plus are Wilson Contreras at exactly 110 WRC plus and Chris Bryant at 136 WRC plus. Hopefully a few of them get hot heading in to San Diego. So it's funny because I'm literally just refreshing my MLB page and it says that Patrick Wisdom was named the NL player of the week. That is crazy. <laughs> this kid. This kid, oh my goodness, like this makes me so excited. And yes, of course he is going to come back to human earth and 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 not be hitting, you know, home runs at like a massive pace. But I mean, it's still so fun to watch. Like you cannot deny this kid is fun to watch. And the confidence is just like, I mean, I feel like it's a bit contagious. So yes, Patrick Wisdom, keep on wisdoming. Whatever you got to do, just keep doing it. Um, but yes, I, I mean, w watching Chris Bryant and watching Wilson Contreras right now, man, there is a lot of fun things happening. And that's not even all of the guys that we typically rely on uh, in this offense. So, you know, just a fraction and some very unexpected players right now. And and we're winning ball games against teams that, you know, people did not expect us to 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 win series against like the giants. Yes. Like you said, it was time. They were tired. You know, they were on an amazing tear that you knew at some point was going to cool off a little bit, but even if they're playing consistent baseball, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they do in the series against the Padres, just because obviously they're coming off a stretch of not having a day off. They're playing against another, I mean, the same good team that they played against last weekend swept at home. So, you know, even if they can win this series, 
I'm not even expecting a sweep, but win the series. I think it's just a really good, solid, confident look for this team. And not even with their important guys. I mean, let me emphasize that. Not even with their main guys right now. There's still so many people right now on the injured list and, and they're still winning ball games. They're playing good baseball. I love to see it. Yeah. And hopefully they will have gotten a little bit used to the time zone and whatnot as they head down to San Diego to take on the Padres. In fact, let's just jump ahead to those probable pitcher matchups. Uh, it looks like we've got a repeat of the finale from Wrigley um, tonight with Adbert going up against Ryan Weathers. Uh, Alspai looked really good against the Padres in his last start. He only gave up one run in five innings. He struck out seven. Uh, how Do you think that the Padres will have a better game plan against him? Who do you think has the advantage with – these two pitchers having just been seen within the last calendar week by their opponents. Yeah, I mean, I love the way that the Cubs make adjustments, and I feel like they've gotten really good at their in-game adjustments. Um, that first time through the lineup, I always kind of feel like is, you know, their test run, see where where everybody's at, and, and kind of get the pitch, get the timing of the pitcher, and that sort of thing. And I feel like these guys have done a really great job of making those in-game adjustments. You're seeing a lot of contact hits. I mean, yeah, you're seeing some home runs too, but there's a lot of contact hitting right now, which is good because, you know, manufacturing those runs, grinding out those runs, that's going to be the key to long-term success, honestly, because you cannot live and die by the home run. And that's what this team is going to do if they don't start really, you know, studying some of these guys. And this is somebody they just saw in in the series where they played them. So I love that. I love how I love, I'm excited to see, and I love how the Cubs have shown up for games that you don't, you're kind of like, eh, you know, you could see this going either way, but I feel like they've, they've really produced in games when you feel that way. And right now, yes, they're tired and yes, they're still on the road and hopefully adjusting to the time zone, but I'm excited. I think that they're going to go out there and do really well against this guy. And I think we're going to see some good contact the first time through the lineup. Um, Adbert, his stuff is nasty. I mean, it's going to, it's going to play on its own. And yeah, I mean, I'm sure that the Padres are going to make some adjustments and there's going to be some, you know, some some hitting going on. They have such a great lineup and so much, so much power and so much talent. Yeah, I, I think they're probably going to fare a little bit better against Adbert, but I still think that the Cubs come out on top in, in this battle. Yeah, I hope so too. Um, it looks like tomorrow's matchup will be Zach Davies and Denelson Lamette. Uh, Lam- Lamette looked pretty good against the Cubs on Wednesday, but the Cubs were able to just pull ahead. Um, how do you think Zach Davies is going to do against his old team? Oh, girl, let's just say, can we not have a replay of how Zach Davies starts go? Because <laughs> I no mean, Rex Brothers gave it off. <laughs> can, we, can we shelf him for a game? Like, can we shelf Rex Brothers? Can we go a different direction? Yeah, I mean, Zach Davies, it would be really nice if we could see him pull out a, a long start. You know, just... And long at this point is going to be what? Six innings, <laughs> six and six and a third, six and two thirds. Like, I, you know, I, I hate to laugh about that because it really, at this point, we'd really like to just see him, you know, go out and, and, and pitch consistently and whatever st- start he gives us. But four and a third, I think is just not enough. Um, and 
he, he's got to help his bullpen out a little bit. He's a starting pitcher. Like, give us a solid, a solid start. So hopefully we can see something different from him. Because, you know, <laughs> the definition of insanity is keep doing the same thing over and over and expect different results. So hopefully we're not in that boat come tomorrow. <laughs> And then on Wednesday uh, for the afternoon matchup, Jake Arrieta faces off against Yu Darvish. The Cubs did not have to face off against Yu Darvish in, at Wrigley Field. I am I feel bittersweet about this. I don't know how I'm going to deal with facing off against Yu Darvish, who I still love. I wish you people could see my face right now because I was not prepared for that matchup. <laughs> That is going to be tough. I'm not going to lie because there is a piece of me that will always cheer for you, Darvish. And against Jake Arietta, I feel like this is this is my nightmare. <laughs> I don't want to cheer for. I don't know. This is going to be tough. This is definitely you, Darvish. Is a, he's a, a, obviously we know he's a great pitcher. Um, he's somebody that I, I still can. You know, I still kind of think of him when I think of him. At, as a baseball player, I think of him as a Chicago Cubs. So it's going to be hard to see him out there on the mound against us. And I really feel like some of these guys know him probably very, very well. And so it'll be interesting to see what his game plan is. He's very smart. He's very um, well thought out. He's very uh, meticulous about what he does. So I'm sure he's got, he's been thinking about this game plan for a while now because, you know, when a team lets you walk or trades you in, in the way that they did, you know, there's going to be a chip on his shoulder. He's going to want to come out and really, really do some damage against his former team. So, you know, and I'm sure a lot of these guys will run over and give him hugs and everything else or not because, you know, pitchers are creatures of habit. So we'll see. But yeah, I, 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 I'm, I, I don't know how much I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> I do not. I don't remember who it was, but there was a picture at Wrigley during the series at Wrigley where Darvish was showing one of the Cubs young pitchers one of his grips and I was just like losing my mind. It was so great. Was it, I thought it was, um, was it Adbert? I, I feel like it was Adbert, but then part of me is like, I would remember if it was Adbert. I, was I great, yeah. Right? Oh my gosh. I love that. And that is so like, that picture is like everything that you Darvish is, you know, like that is like, that's who he is. And he's probably like out there creating another pitch as he's showing him, you know, <laughs> Totally. Uh, real quick, before we have to wrap up this edition of Cup of Cubby Blue, the Padres hot hitters over the last 14 days are Tommy Pham, who you may remember from that terrible co collision that happened at Wrigley Field. He has a WRC plus in, over the last 14 days of 159. Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, has a WRC plus of 134 and four home runs over the last his last 56 plate appearances. And then Manny Machado um, has a WRC plus of 120 over his last 38 plate appearances. So those are the pitch. Those are the hitters that you really want. Hope that the Cubs pitchers are paying close attention to. Yeah. I think we um, definitely escaped doom the last series because none of these guys were really doing that much damage, you know, I, and that's something that you expect when you're facing a lineup like this, you really, you have, you have to pitch to everybody because everybody's kind of protected in this lineup. So, you know, I don't know. I feel like we're really tempting fate by having this series on the calendar so soon after the last series. And I really hope that we can escape another Padres series without the damage of these bats because, wow, their lineup is stacked. I mean, and not saying that the Chicago Cubs does not have a good, powerful offense, but the Padres were put together specifically for that power that they have in the lineup. So um, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I mean, 
you know, I, I love me some, I love me some good, exciting young baseball players. And that's what the Padres have to offer. And the Cubs of course do too. And it's really fun to see these teams match up. So. Absolutely. I could not end it on a better note. We have an awesome and fun matchup, albeit a late one. Make sure you have some coffee or tea or whatever is going to keep you up for these games that start at 9 p.m. Central Time uh, for the next couple of days while the Cubs take on the Padres. We will be back to talk about everything that's going on with those games, how the Cubs fared in San Diego and what to look forward to as the St. Louis Cardinals make their way to Wrigley Field for a weekend series against the Cubs where the Cubs will finally have 100% capacity and the national media will get to hear what a packed Wrigley Field truly truly sounds like in the meantime you can follow us at at cup of cubby blue you can follow me at at bcb underscore sarah you can follow andy at at brYZ underscore blue if you like the pod be sure you leave us a five-star rating so that other people can find cup of cubby blue and until next time go cuts <laughs>